Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Leo Rush retires, possible injury confirmation from NXT star, and I give you my thoughts on how boxing has become a lot like pro wrestling, especially after last weekend's event. I'm Jaden Becker, and welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast. Leo Rush announces his retirement. Rush made his announcement on social media last night, citing a recent injury. He revealed he separated his AC joint during his recent appearance at Double or Nothing for AEW. Rush is currently signed to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Rush had been with the WWE prior to his release on April 15, 2020. Whatever happens next for Leo Rush, here at everyone, everyone at Daily DDT wishes him the best. An absolute shame to see him retire so early in his career. And uh, you, you really can't imagine what he's going through emotionally. Uh, for him to now have to hang up the boots uh, due to a shoulder injury and a career-ending shoulder injury finally making it back to a big stage like AEW. Possible injury confirmation from an NXT star. On Tuesday night, Shotzi Blackheart confirmed uh, via Twitter that she is injured with a single word. When asked by fans, Blackheart tweeted out in response that if she is injured, she tweeted out, quote, yep. So take that as you may. That's why I, I sort of headline this possible injury confirmation uh, because most likely she is and doesn't really want to get into depth why she is injured. We have no idea what is injured on Shotzi Blackheart. You know, no idea how long she is going to be out right now. Her current tag team partner, Ember Moon, is feuding with Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Championship. Blackheart was last seen on the May 25th episode of NXT. So we have no more further updates for you there uh, on what is actually wrong with Shotzi Blackheart. On that May 25th episode, she was either written off TV when she was attacked by Raquel Gonzalez by being thrown into the plexiglass and into the ring post, or she was hurt further or hurt there from that point uh, after that attack from Raquel Gonzalez. Also, no word if this is in kayfabe or not, if she's just saying if she is injured to let uh, Ember moon do her thing so a lot of question marks up in the air but Blackheart has been off tv for the past few weeks now and uh, this could be a reason why she, she could possibly be injured and uh, with her coming out and directly saying yep <laughs> she is uh you, you can d- demise what, what you what you made there for from from that whole uh debacle with the uh, Shotzi Blackheart but either way get well soon Shotzi if you really are hurt and uh yeah, <laughs> hope, hope, hope you heal up in, 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 a, in a quick fashion because uh, it's better, NXT is better when you're on, on television. All right, let's get into last night's uh, WWE NXT and the go-home show to uh, this Sunday's In Your House uh, takeover. But I guess they call it NXT TakeOver In Your House is the full name of it. And I'm really hoping that this becomes a every year thing for, for NXT. Yeah, they they can establish themselves a few major pay-per-views. They already have in in a, in a few names with uh, War Games, and I think they could do one now here with uh, NXT Takeover uh, in your house because of the very unique set that they have there as well. But let's get into last night's episode, opening up the show: Austin Theory versus Oni Lorcan. And they're in a feeling out process early on with Theory gaining control until a few hard chops from Lorcan. Pete Dunne and Johnny Gargano both make their way ringside throughout the picture-and-picture picture commercial break. 
bouncing modified Spanish fly for Austin Theory. A very, very nice spot there. Dunn and Gargano brawl on the outside and has pulled up the entrance ramp. Uh, Dunn and, and Gargano are uh, one, two of the five men in the f fi uh, Fatal Five way, it's called, at a TakeOver in your house for the NXT Championship. Lorcan picks up the win off the distraction because Austin Theory was looking at all the action going on the, on the outside. And uh, Theory, once again, I, I see no problem with him losing here. Uh, if anything, this makes Pete Dunne look strong, given that Lorcan is his guy. And uh, Gargano doesn't really make him look weak either because he picked up the loss. And I feel like it's just good all the way around for uh, everyone involved in this type of matchup uh, when it's two of the, the sidekicks running against each other. I wouldn't call them sidekicks, you know, only Larkin, a f former NXT Tag Team Champion, right now just the, his championship reign put to the side at the moment due to uh, injury to his tag team partner, um, Danny Burch. So it, it, it's it's tough to see for, for Larkin for him to be put in a sidekick role so quickly and so early on uh, in their uh, tag team run, in, in their tag team championship run. But either way, he does get the win here, so good to see that. A lot of setting up on this episode of NXT, uh, you know, regular episode of NXT on Tuesday uh, for their takeover on Sunday. So a lot of matches being made and stipulations being formed as well, which we will see next with Legado del Fantasma in ring. Uh, Santos Escobar calling out Bronson Reed, the current North American champion. Reed enters and shows him uh, squishing es Escobar time and time and time again uh, from a replay, I believe it was from last week or two weeks ago, squishing uh, Escobar up against the uh, plexiglass ringside, and which was a fantastic and hilarious spot because Escobar sold it very, very well. MSK enter as well, and Legado Fantasma have a fantastic idea of challenging both Bronson Reed and MSK to a winner-take-all three-on-three match. And so it was Legado Fantasma versus MSK and Bronson's, Bronson Reed. MSK being the NXT Tag Team Champions and Bronson Reed being the North American Champion. If the Legado Fantasma wins, all the belts that are involved in this match all go one way. So either they stay with Reed and MSK or they go all to Legado Fantasma, making Escobar the North American Champion. And uh, the, the Ra Raul Mendoza and uh, Wild. Uh, the tag team champions. Very cool idea. I haven't seen something like this in a while for uh, NXT. I believe the last time we saw a winner-take-all match in the WWE, it was McIntyre and R-Truth uh, going against uh, um, the, the Hurt Business, I, I think. I believe I believe that was the matchup, to be honest with you. That, and that was on an episode of Raw. So we haven't seen a winner-take-all match by WWE in, in, a, in quite some time. And, uh, and and a legitimate one at that. I'm not, you know, with our truth in the conversation there. But a very cool idea. But it kind of takes the fire out of the outcome because I feel like when you, uh, title changes, I feel like rarely ever happen like this because they rarely ever happen at, at all in, in these large matches like that. So I, I feel that in a more one-on-one -on -one situation, if it was Escobar versus Bronson Reed again one-on-one, -on -one, then there's a better chance of a title change if it's just a regular tag team match versus, look at how the Phantasma versus MSK. 
then there's a way better chance of a title change. But when it's all thrown in together like this, yes, it would be an absolute super-duper boost to Legado de Fantasma for them to pick up the win like this and win all the championships all at once and one swift kick. But I, I really doubt NXT pulls a trigger there on that one. They, they, I'd rather them split it up over two matches than uh, have it all, all in one uh, for title change purposes. But in a regular in a regular. You could still have a title match, but in a match like this, I feel like this is fine. And uh, I'm excited to watch this match because now you have you had the best of both worlds of everything involved in this match all going on at once. Moving on to our next match, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on Killian Dane. This match was made after a confrontation last week between the two in the NXT parking lot. Dane fakes a dive to the outside as Hit Row... Uh, they all run away, hit roll being the faction that Isaiah Swerve Scott has put together. Dane really strong here early on, but distracted often. Hit row once again gets involved. Drake Maverick ringside fails to assist Killian Dane, causing another distraction for Dane. Scott wins after a strong kick to the head. And as, as I think Isaiah Swerve Scott's going to win a lot more matches going forward. And for him to pick one up over Killian Dane doesn't really hurt Dane in this instance, given it was a distraction due to uh, Drake Maverick's involvement on the outside and Hit Road's involvement on the outside. doesn't really hurt Dane there. But it, it really helps Isaiah Swerve Scott picking up a win over a beast like Killian Dane. An absolute huge win for Isaiah Swerve Scott. He's going to be going for the North American Championship soon after Legada Fantasma has finished up and, and Santos has Escobar's finish up feuding with it. Uh, whether if he holds it or not at that point, I'm not sure. But I, I think Isaiah Schroeder Scott's going to be the, have to be the one next in line, given the fact that you know he is running a faction now. And uh, you know when they, when they put Johnny Gargano in head of a faction, they gave him the North American Championship. Might not do the same for Swerve Scott. I know obviously different caliber professional wrestlers there. When we're talking about Gargano and Swerve Scott, we're talking about someone's nickname is is Mr. Wrestling. You know Johnny Wrestling. You know that that that's a huge nickname to carry, uh, but. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll do a similar path there. A similar path there for for the two. Moving on, Mercedes Martinez versus Amari Miller. Amari Miller, uh, a, a newcomer to NXT, changing her name uh, to Amari Miller after being, uh, I believe her last name is Clay. Uh, she came into the Performance Center with the last name Clay. Zia Lee tries to attack Mercedes Martinez but fails prior to the match. Zia Lee and Mercedes Martinez having a match at NXT TakeOver in your house this Sunday. And the feud continues as Lee, you know, try to get involved here at, during Mar- Martinez's entrance. But, of course, Martinez is very, very strong. And Martinez demands uh, the match from start to finish as she was able to compete in the match after the failed Zia Lee attack. It wins in 10 seconds with the Air Raid crash. I'm loving the dynamic between Martinez and Lee as this feud continues. This feud could have been very, very bad for Martinez as it could have exposed her in a way and shown her that, that I said this in the past, that you know usually you can make yourself look good in NXT matches and you don't really need the other person to come along with you. Uh, that's just how talented a lot of these NXT wrestlers are. Martinez, I feel like, needs a lot of help along the way. But uh, I think Zia Lee could be a good assistant here in, in, in that helping. And also could also prove that, that Martinez can do it on her own as well because of, of what was shown here, of Martinez able to sell and able to uh, prove, you know, prove that she could 
be a dominant force and not to be the one just to take all the the brunt of everything. So uh, I'm loving the dynamic between Martinez and Lee. Uh, this feud it could be very good for Martinez, as I mentioned. Even impossible defeat this Sunday against Zaya Lee. This feud could take her long, long ways, Martinez. And uh, I'm not saying towards an NXT championship because uh, we already saw that. Raquel Gonzalez, but I think if Martinez matches up in a tag team correctly, I think we could find her as a dominant force in the tag team division. And the only reason I say that is I know NXT would do her right. They wouldn't just throw her in a tag team just to throw her in a tag team. I think they would make her dominant force in the tag team division and could possibly boost her to a long-term feud with the current NXT tag team champions in uh, Candice LeRae and uh, Indy Hartwell. Moving on to our next segment, Poppy releases her new album on NXT backstage with Triple H, speaking with him uh, directly, and on her phone, she clicked a button and released her new album, I believe it's called Eat-NXT Soundtrack, so NXT of course getting their name involvement there. Dexter Loomis enters and gifts Poppy a piece of art, and uh, it's a drawing of Poppy of course, very, very nice. They embrace in a hug, and Indy Hartwell, of course, of all people, at the, at the worst time, Indy Hartwell enters and sees the two hugging. Dexter Loomis' eyes are about to pop out of his head in shock, and is, no, it's not what it looks like, but Dexter Loomis, of course, doesn't say anything, because that's his whole shtick. Indy Hartwell runs away upset, and Triple H, with the best sell of the century, with his jaw and his mouth gaping open, and William Regal with his lips pursed. Oh my goodness, couldn't have done it any better, WWE and NXT, getting Poppy involved. Obviously not in a wrestling sense because that you know she's not a wrestler, but she's great, 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 great. Loved every second of that. This this moment right here, even though it wasn't anything in ring, this moment right there made made, made everything for me. And there's gonna be a little bit more poppy coming up a little bit later in the episode, and I will get into that. But wow, how fantastic was that moment on NXT last night? The jaw gaping open of Triple H selling the whole moment. Alright, back into the ring, Ted DiBiase with a huge announcement, and DiBiase announces that the match between Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight, they will now compete in a ladder match as a solid gold ladder, or painted gold ladder, with a diamond encrusted uh, rungs and things of that nature, descends from the ceiling, and then, you know, you have to wonder, what are they fighting for? Because neither of them are champions at the moment, you have to wonder, what, what are they fighting for? Well... Of course, none other. Of course, Ted DiBiase is there, brings out a, a black suitcase, and, and they are now, DiBiase has announced, they are now fighting for a million-dollar belt, or the million-dollar belt, I should say. And oh my goodness, I mean, come on. Come on, no better pay-per-view to do this at, because this allows the WWE and NXT to go full reign with a throwback, given that NXT in your house is the you know a throwback type of... Uh, gimmick way of, a, of saying a pay-per-view. We've never seen this type of gimmick before in the WWE with their pay-per-views. We've seen it on on you know house not house shows but like on, on Legends Night or things like that or, or throw you know Throwback Raw. We see these types of, of things or Throwback SmackDown. We saw very recently on Fox. But the only reason they did that it was because Fox was doing Throwback Week for a NASCAR race. I believe they're going back to Talladega. I could be very very wrong. But they were going back to like a super speedway or something like that. And 
uh, they, they did a full throwback week and everything like that. I think it might have been Charlotte. I could be. I don't even remember. But <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm slightly a NASCAR guy. And it, that's the only reason they did their throwbacks. Now, every year, w, NXT and WWE have a reason to throw back. And this is a perfect, perfect way to do it because it legitim- literally legitimizes uh, uh, one person's gimmick here, either in Cameron Grimes and or LA Knight, and it, and if either of them loses, it's completely fine because now they can move over, move on in, with their own life outside of the throwback gimmick. Or if they win, now they're completely established, and you literally just throw on them the million dollar belt, which I wouldn't call it equivalent to the FTW belt. Because I think there's a lot more value in that sense, given who it has has held, who has held it in the past. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin has held the million dollar belt, so I think there's a lot of prestige in this match. This this match has jumped to the top of my card is my favorite one to watch for the night for NXT Takeover in your house, and I'm couldn't couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more excited. Yeah, DiBiase's laugh gets me going every time. It it, it amps me up. And they turned a match that, you know, it could it could have been a decent match one-on-one, just a regular Grimes versus LA Knight, which I would have been fine to see. I'm sure they would have put on a great match. But now they put on a ladder match for the million-dollar belt, pretty much becoming the, the next Ted DiBiase, becoming the protege, and carrying on the million-dollar legacy. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Couldn't be more excited. Great work on NXT there. All right, moving on to our next match, GYV versus Ego Mangera and August Grey to 205 Live standouts, if that means anything to you. And uh, obviously, you know, these guys are stars, but haven't really been you know, utilized at all, given 205 Live is uh, a relevant show at the moment. Slight, a slow start for the Grizzly Young Veterans, but uh, they pick up the pace with solid two-on-one tag team wrestling. Champa and Thatcher enter with chairs, and instead of going to attack with, attack with those chairs, they sit ringside for a closer look, which is very nice. And that distraction for the Grizzly Young Veterans almost cost them the, the, the match, but a ticket to mayhem for the Grizzly Young Veterans to pick up the win, staring down Champa and Thatcher after the match. And a match is set for a uh, Tornado Tag Team match. And I believe this isn't for NXT... Uh, Takeover in your house. I could be wrong, but I think this is actually for next week on um, on NXT a Tornado Tag Team match. Candice LeRae calls out Poppy. Poppy enters as uh, Candice LeRae was saying that oh you're messing with my girl, <laughs> yeah, and you've been messing with me with just your presence being there. I believe in a few weeks back she said that you were going to be the next Bad Bunny. You're trying to be the next Bad Bunny here on NXT, not not in Candice LeRae's house. And I, I thought this was going to be a problem because I didn't want to see the, the NXT Tag Team Champions, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, uh, be feuding with Poppy because it, that makes no sense to me. Why would you put your champions to be the one to do that? I know if you trust anybody to do it, it's going to be Candice LeRae to, to be involved. But Poppy enters and instead of, uh, I'll read the quote, exactly what she said, quote, I don't wrestle, but I know someone who does and enters Io Shirai making her return to NXT after being defeated at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Uh, that's been a few months now, I believe. Now it's been uh, two months, and now she's finally making her return. Two months almost to the, the, the day, I could I could believe. But um, Io Shirai now making her return after well-deserved time off. And uh, Shirai and LeRae Brawl with Shirai standing tall, along with Poppy 
as well. Poppy's new album, of course, dropping. And I couldn't find it, to be honest with you. She clicked the button, and I would assume, all right, they ha- it happened on my clock at 8.58 Eastern Time. I'm assuming, all right, 9 o'clock, it'll probably be up. I still haven't found it, and it's it's 7 o'clock the next morning. So if anyone can help me out, if I'm not looking in the right spot, I have Spotify Premium, so I should be able to get it. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I could, be, I could be looking in the wrong spot. Maybe it's not on Spotify. But they said it a thousand times that it was. So uh, that, that that's where I get my music. You know, I get my podcasts out of Apple Podcasts, but my music can go Spotify. Either way. Moving on to our next match, uh, Dakota Kai versus uh, Ember Moon. Uh, Kai very strong early on until uh, swept down to the mat. Moon keeping up the pace. Moon with a nice somersault stunner. And the two trade pit attempts with impressive knockouts and uh, kickout attempts, excuse me. Uh, Moon connects with a dive to the outside. And Kai and Gonzalez with Moon connecting with that dive. As Moon climbs to the top rope for the Eclipse, Gonzalez boots Moon off the uh, the top rope, and the match ends in DQ. Gonzalez's one-arm powerbomb is reversed into a modified Eclipse, and then a second proper Eclipse from the top rope as Moon stands tall, even grabbing the NXT Women's Championship to boot and laying it across the waist of Raquel Gonzalez, who was knocked out on the mat. Uh, this is one, another match, as I mentioned, this is another match that I'm very excited for for NXT in your house. Uh, th- this could be a special match, really, for Amber Moon. I don't think she's going to win it, but I don't don't think either that if, if Shotzi Blackheart is genuinely injured, is she going to be out for a while or could be out for at least the summer? We could see uh, at least one more match between Gonzalez and Moon in a rematch after this one. Whether who, whoever is a champion, I, th- I probably am going to say Gonzalez, but uh, I haven't really f- pinned it down yet. I haven't gotten to my predictions, my full thoughts yet on, on, on this match. But I, I do think that this could last for a while between Moon and uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Also nice to see Dakota Kai not pick up the loss here because she's really been made to look like the weak link between Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Not to the same extent as Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, even though the win-loss record might be the same for Dakota Kai compared to Raquel Gonzalez, obviously. But, you know, Dakota Kai is the, let's say, the the uh, Jey Uso to Gonzalez's Roman Reigns. Maybe also not to the same extent either but if we see the parallels there they sit somewhere in the middle you know it goes roman reigns and jay uso at the top raquel gonzalez and dakota kai in the middle and and killian dean and drake maverick at the at the lower end where drake maverick just looked like an absolute child out there you know the, he, he doesn't get built strong but that, that works for drake maverick it really does it works for him so uh that was our main event dakota kai versus ember moon but our main uh segment if you will is a five-way face-off at the NXT championship not in a wrestling match but in a face-off for them to all talk to each other if you will O'Reilly enters Gargano enters and breaks a pencil right in William Regal's face I don't know if this was a, a, a booker a booker man type moment there <laughs> for, for Johnny Gargano breaking the pencil right in the booker's face you know but uh, that 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 could have been something there. Maybe I'm looking too deep into it. Maybe that was just a mark moment. Uh, Pete Dunne enters and Cole appears on screen. The four brawl and even a fight security as chaos ensues. As Cross stands tall, Cole enters and attacks, grabbing the NXT Championship, holding it over his head as Karrion Cross lays down in the middle of the ring. Yeah, that that was the final segment there, and that was fine. 
Usually NXT does something special when it's their go home show. They they have a run through of the matches and they have them all on screen. This show even ended a little early. Well, it's supposed supposed to end at at ten at the latest, but usually for me it's been going on to ten oh nine for the longest here on the East Coast. So usually that's the way it goes down. It ended at around ten oh four this episode of NXT. So. Uh, you know, I, I wish they, they did, did the little thing at the end where they run through all the matches. And I, I think for NXT uh, New Year's Evil, even though it wasn't a pay-per-view, I think it would, that was a special NXT show. They had them line up, go uh, live one, one-on-one face-off, standing uh, in front of each other. I thought that was great. I wish they could do some of that more often. Uh, I would really, really, really enjoy that. But we didn't get to see that in this episode, but it was fine. B plus for this epi- episode of NXT, and I really want to give it an A minus, but uh, I really I don't know what, what's stopping me. Maybe I really don't know what's stopping me from giving it an A minus, but it just doesn't feel like an A minus episode. Nothing nothing blew me away, but it was just a really solid go home show. Really, really, really solid go home show. So B plus, but nothing like blew me out of out of my water where I, I really needed to you know come on here and talk about. It. Maybe the poppy stuff it was, was solid. And uh, maybe I'm just a sucker for that as well. So it could go both ways. But to, to stay neutral in that sense, uh, I'm going to go B-plus for this episode of NXT. Really, really solid episode uh, of NXT for the go-home show. And and now uh, my predictions for NXT TakeOver in your house, that will be coming uh, this Sunday. The day that that NXT uh, TakeOver in your house is on Sunday. You'll, you'll see that in the morning, and then you'll watch NXT TakeOver in your house at night and with my prediction, predictions right there directly with it. And uh, same thing with the impact uh, against all odds. You'll see that the same day, and that's going to be alongside with uh, SmackDown and Dynamite. So well, I, got, I got a jam-packed schedule for the weekend. Uh, no questions about that one. So, But coming up right now after the break, and we're going to take a little bit of a switch from professional wrestling. I'm going to talk about some boxing, but don't don't click away too fast. It does compare to uh, professional wrestling as I talk about how boxing is starting to become a lot more like professional wrestling in the current state of the sport. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on June 8, 1994, WWF held its first ever Hall of Fame induction ceremony from the Omni Inner Harbor International Hotel in Baltimore, Maryland. This was the first year a full class was inducted as the previous year was the Hall of Fame's creation with just one inductee, Andre the Giant. Speaking of Hall of Fames, upstate New York holds the Boxing Hall of Fame. I drive past it often when heading towards a friend's house in Saugerties, New York. And in that area, somewhere in that area, in upstate New York, is the, is the Boxing Hall of Fame. And if you see it often, it's, it's a little shack on the side of the road. It really isn't nothing grandiose, it's nothing big, it's not like Canton, it's not definitely not like Cooperstown or anything like that. It's a little shack on the side of the road, and they have a parade there every year where uh, they, they had to celebrate the Boxing Hall of Fame there. And uh, it's, it's a very, very small, very quaint, never been in it, never been inside the Boxing Hall of Fame because it literally looks like a, a side gas station. It looks very, very, very small. And uh, last weekend, we saw one of those Hall of Famers. Well, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame or it probably is. Uh, last week, we saw a boxing event. Well, that, that's exactly what I want to call it as well, a boxing event. And uh, we saw the greatest boxer of all time, and WrestleMania 24 star Floyd Money Mayweather take on YouTuber 
and WrestleMania 24 guest, Logan Paul, and what can I, I can best describe to be a facade of a boxing match, the average viewer, not even the, the you, know, you don't have to be a trained eye to tell that something was up from the jump. A lot of hugging, a lot of punches thrown to no effect. Neither really gained anything from this matchup in my eyes because no winner was even named as this was an exhibition bout between Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. Neither really gained anything from my eyes, as I mentioned. If anything, it, it, if anything, it hurt Floyd Mayweather and the sport of boxing tremendously by letting Paul go eight rounds. And, and to be honest with you, I think the sport of boxing is dying and events like these are just slowly pulling the plug. I really don't want to say it's dead. And I know a lot of people say that, that boxing is already a floating, bloated corpse of its former self. And that's probably right of its former self. And you could probably say that about a lot of sports and even probably, I wouldn't say pro wrestling is, is dying in either way. I think it's anything's growing in such an immense state. But uh, the sport of boxing has really taken its toll in the recent years due to these type of gimmick matches, to be honest with you, in, in a sport. You know, we're talking about pro, pro wrestling. It's sports entertainment. It is entertainment. It, it's meant to be viewed as a show, meant to be viewed as entertainment. But when you watch boxing, you try to watch that as a sport. You try to watch that as much as possible, watching it as if you're scoring. You could physically score a boxing match at home and possibly see the outcome. You can't do that for a professional wrestling match because you don't have, you, you can't score people running in. You can't score distractions ringside. So, boxing is, is taking a page out of pro wrestling's book with fights being promoted more than what goes on in the ring. Obviously, that's how you sell tickets and get pay-per-view vibes and things like that. But we're seeing it more now than ever, especially with some of the all-time greats returning for a quick buck. We saw that recently in professional wrestling with Goldberg, and we see it all the time in the world of professional wrestling, a lot of these old-timers coming back for one match, but they do it for the right reasons most of, most of the time, I should say, most of the time. We see for the right reasons to put over a young star, to put over someone to get them to the next level. We we rarely ever see that in boxing. We see that in boxing because it, this is your record. This is your career. Your record is your career. So it's a tough thing to do to come back and you want to go out on your back in the world of pro wrestling because you can afford to do that. You can't really afford to do that in the world of boxing. Pro wrestling, on the other hand, if compared to boxing, is becoming a lot like boxing's past with matches being made due to not what was going on outside the ring, but what was hot in ring and who could put on the most entertaining matches, no matter how personable they were outside of the ring. NXT is a great example of this, and the main event booking for the NXT Championship has mostly been fair due to the wins and losses along with the top stars and them rising to the top, but we even see it now. On WWE NXT, I know obviously it's a fatal five-way, but even in the past, uh, in very, very recent past, we've seen the the naming of matches and the booking of matches, Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor 2. You know, you rarely ever see that in the world of professional wrestling uh, nowadays, at least in the WWE. You rarely ever see that, but now he's looking at NXT, these matches being named in a way, sort of evoking boxing or UFC type of of promotion promotion in a way of you know the this is the they're building it up so strong in a way of oh this is the second time they're ever facing off 
It, this is a, you're rarely ever going to catch this. This is, we take a look back to their first bout and really go in depth and what happened in their first bout, and then we look at what could possibly happen in the second. As the two sports flip, boxing starts to make themselves illegitimate. You have to wonder how it feels for these younger superstar boxers of the world. That I would love to give you a plethora of names. I really can't because none have really taken the main stage, maybe besides Ryan Garcia. And I know I'm talking boxing here, and these names I'd be going over your head. And, and that's one of the main reasons so as well. But you must wonder what these young young superstar boxers watching last weekend's event, which I continue to call it an event. I wouldn't call it a fight. Call it an event. How they feel by their spotlight being taken away by a YouTuber. Many made an argument when WWE had Bad Bunny come in and Bad Bunny was running around doing his thing with WWE. But I disagree with a lot of people that had problems with Bad Bunny in the WWE because the main reason is this. Bad Bunny didn't come to the WWE to fly his own flag. But the literal opposite. He flew WWE's flag anywhere else he went carried around that 24-7 championship everywhere he went, brought that to SNL, physically, almost literally, waving around WWE, waving it around, having the 24-7 title with him at SNL. That's pretty huge. That's pretty huge for a celebrity of his caliber, Bad Bunny, to, to do that because he crosses language barriers, he crosses a lot of things, Bad Bunny. So that's great. Also, I want to make you know, obviously, Paul flew his own flag in in the world of boxing and didn't really give much back to the sport other than going eight rounds against the greatest boxer of all time, diminishing what he's done for the past, was it, 30 years, 25 years, 20 years? I don't don't even know how old Floyd Mayweather is, but it diminishes what he's done given the fact that you you go against the greatest boxer of all time and then you have Joe Schmo come in, pretty much, you know, in the world of boxing, he's Joe Schmo. You have him come in and go all eight rounds, even though no winner was, was named. And if you go by the punch totals and percentages and everything like that, we have the, 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 the unofficial official winner, in my mind, is Mayweather, for the sake of the sport as well. You know, you guys sort of got to give it to Mayweather. But also, if you want to compare it to wrestling terms, if you're really not getting it, Bad Bunny didn't face John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania this year. You know, Bad Bunny did not do that. Bad Bunny did not take wrestling's top star for the past 20 years and and, and face them at WrestleMania in the main event. You know, Bad Bunny didn't ask for that. He got a tag team match. Pretty much got a, a middle-of-the-card match that was fantastic. Oh, maybe the match of the night of, of that night, which is saying a lot, given that there's a lot of good matches on that card. You know, Bad Bunny really put on a show and did pro wrestling its its justice and its due. But he didn't take away the main event of WrestleMania, you know, to face off against John Cena. You know, Logan Paul pretty much did. You know, and what to be honest with you, Logan Paul came to pro wrestling. And I, I don't know if he asked for a match or not, if he wanted to get involved in any way, shape, or form like that. But, hey, all he did was sit ringside and take a stunner when he had to, and that's it. And he didn't take much away from pro wrestling, so I give him respect there. But he took a lot away from the sport of boxing. I have no problems with celebrities in the world of pro wrestling, as long as for the right reasons. Perfect example is Poppy as well. You know, coming to NXT, 
putting over the return of Io Shirai, and we'll probably never see Poppy again. And uh, <laughs> maybe we see her next week, ringside, uh, or or if there's a match between Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, if something happens there, uh, you know, it, that's a fun match one-on-one. But if we see anything with more Poppy, yes, she takes a, maybe a bump or something like that. Nothing crazy, you know, very light, light bump off the off the apron or something like that. But whatever, that's it. There's nothing more than that. And that's fine for pro wrestling because it's not a sport. It's, it's entertaining. Yes, it is a sport in the athleticism and everything. I 100% I understand that. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. But you know, it's not uh, a sport in the sense boxing is a sport. And I feel like that boxing is delegitimizing itself. Meanwhile, pro wrestling is is trying to trying to legitimize itself in in some way, shape, or form. You know what else is a, a, a Hall of Fame in upstate New York, Albany, New York, to be specific? The International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, who's having their class of 2021 induction August 27th to 29th. Very very exciting. As I mentioned, Albany, New York. Uh, shout out to Seth Turner. And uh, he, he's been running things very well. One of the founders of the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Doing a great job along with everybody else there. And I, I hope to try to attend that because I obviously I'm in the New York area. I live in Queens, New York, but I go to college upstate in Ithaca. And I'll, I'll be in Ithaca by August 27th. I'm supposed to be there, I believe, somewhere in mid-August around that time. So I would love to be able to head out there. Maybe see some of you guys there as well because they are having a convention. That should be a fun thing. So uh, let's. Uh, I tried to wrap the bow there with Hall of Fans, but <laughs> I hope I did a good job. That's all for me. You can catch this podcast and all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode. Actually, I won't see you tomorrow. As uh, NX, there's no wrestling on tonight. AEW Dynamite is uh, now Friday Night Dynamite as it currently stands. So I will see you. I will see you today. You're listening to this on a Wednesday. I'll see you Friday after we talk about Impact Wrestling and their go home show for uh, Against All Odds. So I will not see you tomorrow, but I will see you Friday. So can't wait for that. Peace out. Much love. Thank you for watching Daily DDT Podcast.